The darker the night, the brighter the stars Everything's fun to a young heart When you find out what your heart used to be It's gonna feel like you've been dreaming Love if you want the truth, anything's possible you can walk up on the moon Or you can watch it roll It's never in the stars It's in your heart Yeah, you'll be kicked around But get up anyway And you'll be broken into better shape Broken into better shape I was one more mistake for me this is Pastor Glenn Thomas of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Early as the COVID-19 pandemic began to make its way around the world, I endeavored to write down some reflections on the meaning of this moment and what we might take from it. Been adding new material for several months now, including some thoughts on the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter protests as well. You can read these essays on my blog, Plains Words, plainswords.blogspot.com. If you have thoughts or comments about these words, use the blog to post your reply or send me an email at gthomas at smlutheran.com. Theme, welcome to the Upside Down. Thing three, what if we're wrong? Spoiler alert, we are. The words loom like the dark clouds of a late summer thunderstorm. Essential, matters. And what is more essential and what matters more than truth? Was the real product of the information age bad information? It's everywhere now, literally at our fingertips. Dishonesty and deception thrive in spaces like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and their similar loci in the world. Propaganda is an ancient and effective weapon aided in this day by powerful technology and an intentionally engineered devotion to ignorance. Mistruth polls better than truth. How do lies become reality? They get repeated again and again. Psychologists call it gaslighting. Politicians call it media strategy. Media magnates call it profit. Arose by any other name. Social media is an amplifier of mistruth. But the foundations of the proliferation of dishonesty is our inability, our unwillingness to accept something that we do not like. We prefer our own instinct. We pride ourselves on the illusion that we already know everything we need to know. Learning new things is hard. 
Unlearning old things is harder. We wear our ignorance like a badge of honor. We patronize messengers who tell us what we want to hear. And we look down our nose at those who presume to inform or educate us. How dare they act as if they were our betters. For faith, truth is a much greater challenge. It is a person, a pronouncement, a proclamation, a claim laid upon us by God and set before us as a lifelong journey of discovery and growth. The world prefers an injudicious education system that churns out mindless cogs on the economic wheel. Spiritual gifts like curiosity or inquisitiveness are disparaged. New ideas are shunned. We burden future generations with nostalgic remembrances of our own childhood, oblivious to the fact that they live in an entirely different space and time. Why are we surrounded by illiteracy and disingenuity? because those in power know it works. Surely we are now seeing the cost of our self-serving myopathy in the suffering and in the death of our neighbors. Society cannot survive deprived of reason and intelligence bound by common ignorance and immaturity. That is a freedom we cannot afford. The world is a complicated place and faith is hard. And trying to navigate this world faithfully without wisdom not merely doctrine or tradition, but the word of God that is Jesus Christ is perilous and trying. Stupid is not a virtue. Dishonesty is not clever. The God-given gift of a mind is a terrible thing to waste. How do we expect to find our way to a better world if we cannot comprehend the damage we have done to this one? That is what this moment is trying to tell us. We have been told lies. We have believed the lies. We have embraced the lies. We have followed the lies. All because the lies give comfort and solace. Because they support our desire to avoid these very difficult words. I am wrong. And if we are going to find the courage to say those words and mean it, then we are going to have to turn our back on one other religious idol. Fundamentalism. Fundamentalism pretends to be about holding on to the truth, about stripping the Bible and the church doctrine of this blight of modernism. But in fact, the doctrine and practice of fundamentalism is a newcomer to religion, to Christianity and to other religions as well. It is a 20th century reaction to the advent of historical and literary criticism of the Bible. It ignores the reality that the Bible has always been read as the complicated and multi-layered work it is. Moving through the word, small w, of the Bible and getting to the word, capital W, requires an investment of time, energy, scholarship, and faith. Marcus Borg puts it this way. Fundamentalists also commonly see themselves as affirming the, quote, old-time religion, that is, Christianity as it was before the modern period. In fact, their approach is itself modern, largely the product of a particular form of 19th and 20th century Protestant theology. Moreover, rather than allowing the Bible its full voice, their approach actually confines the Bible within a rather tight theological structure. Consider rabbinical scholarship. 
There, the Word of God comes to life in the back-and-forth dialogue of the Mishnah and not merely the dry reading of the Torah. Jesus himself did not read or teach the scriptures literally. Applying the words, But I say to you, to scriptural texts six consecutive times in the Sermon on the Mount, along with nine other uses of the word but in the same passages, to enhance, illustrate, challenge, and even contradict what was written and known. Fundamentalism is neither biblical nor faithful. It is a fear-based reaction of a church that cannot even allow the possibility of being wrong. I am fascinated by the allure of fundamentalism in American Christianity. Given our death grip on the doctrine of free will, anything that demands strict adherence to or observance of a singular irreducible doctrine or practice seems absurd. We like our choices, our options. Fundamentalism is about taking options away, denying questions, abolishing individuality of any kind. Yet there is a clarity to fundamentalism, a focused choosing. This is how it is. Take it or leave it. There's one truth and those who willingly embrace it will be properly rewarded. Faith becomes transactional, a win-lose proposition where the competitors are clearly identified and the rules are straightforward. And there is one other benefit. Fundamentalism is static. It proclaims that things should and will always be as they have always been and will always be. Having whitewashed any gray area, there is a desirable and affirming clarity in fundamentalism that is often absent from the rest of life. But the effort it takes to hold such an untenable position, fundamentalism in whatever domain it is practiced, is constantly embattled with the dynamic world in which we actually live. Intolerance breeds enmity, hate, and violence, and it justifies conflict with a good dose of self-righteousness. Paul listed enmity as a fruit of the flesh, a product of worldly living that should be unnatural to spirit-filled people. Yet strife, jealousy, anger, and quarrels are the go-to rituals in fundamentalist Christianity, the public face of faith in this country. No wonder fewer and fewer want any part of it. Fundamentalism will not, cannot, perceive wrongness. It does not know humility. It cannot confess its brokenness. It constrains the work of the Spirit within the limitations of human grasping. It is self-aggrandizing, power-seeking, undeservedly proud. It is not characteristic of the followers of Jesus. It is a denial of the overwhelming, abundant, free-spirited gift of grace. And it will never, ever get us to the place we desire most, the kingdom of God. Join me next week as we begin a new theme, Kingdom, with our first thing, Pilgrims in a Strange Land. Anything's possible You can walk up on the moon Or you can watch it roll It's never in the stars It's in your heart